This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com critical to find out more. Turkey's citizens have now voted twice to pick their national leader for the next five years, with Recep Tayyip Erdogan eventually coming out on top. He's made some big promises, but has a record of cracking down on dissent and diminishing democratic freedoms. So in this Squish Shortcut, we'll take you through Turkey's politics and why it matters to the West. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, this weekend's runoff election for president of Turkey was eagerly anticipated, and that's because after 20 years, it was a close race. And that's great if you're a politics nerd like us. But before we start, Claire, why do we care? Why do we care? Yeah, well, that's a pretty blunt way of starting, Alex. But (laughs) the short of it is that Turkey is a NATO member state. Mm. It's got 85 million people. So it matters who is president both to the West uh, and also to Turkey's other many partners. And NATO, of course, is that great big security alliance that encompasses the US, Canada and Western Europe. It is also the bloc that is going hard in support of Ukraine after they were invaded by Russia last year. Yeah, that's right. And the thing about that is that as a NATO member, Turkey can stop other countries from joining and it can also influence its decisions and its actions. And why that matters is because Turkey and Russia have a close relationship. In fact, since the start of the war in Ukraine, trade between the two nations has increased significantly. Claire, we'll get into all of that a bit more in a minute, but first, let's get a bit more background on Erdogan himself. Yeah, so he's 69 years old. He's ruled Turkey since 2003. Mm. He came from pretty humble beginnings, but he's become the dominant figure in the nation's politics uh, as he built it into a regional power. He's also championed Islamist causes and he's been quick to really outmaneuver any of his political opposition. I read one expert's piece where they said that Erdogan has reshaped the country more than any leader since Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, who is revered as the father of the modern Turkish Republic. Yeah, so Erdogan's a really big figure and there's been a lot said about his leadership style. In the last few years, that was shaped by an attempted coup that happened in 2016, Mm. uh, which he responded to by dramatically increasing his powers and also cracking down on dissent. And that crackdown saw the country's leading opposition politicians put in jail or banned from participating in government. But some time has passed since the coup, and that is why this election was seen as the opposition's biggest hope of unseating Erdogan. So let's get across the election and take a look at what comes next. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. 
Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. So Claire, in this election just gone, there were a few issues at play, but Erdogan's high degree of control over the state did help him out. Yeah, and probably the big one was the media's coverage of the campaign. Uh, Erdogan's allies control most of the country's mainstream media um, to the extent that the state television network gave the president 32 hours and 42 minutes of airtime and his challenger just got 32 minutes and Mm. that was at the height of the campaign as they led into the vote in the start of May. I suppose in Turkey it pays to have friends in high places. Now that challenger was named Kamal Kılıçdaroğlu and he was a progressive candidate, certainly progressive compared to Erdogan at least. And as a former senior economist, he was advocating for reforms to make Turkey stronger. Yeah, so there were two things that received the most focus in the election campaign. The first is that Turks are really struggling with soaring inflation mm. at the moment. It's at an annual rate of almost 50%. Uh, if you thought Australia's inflation of 7% was rough, <laughs> 50% really is quite something. Mm. Uh, and the country's still reeling, of course, from those earthquakes that happened at the started the year. That left more than 50,000 people dead. And of course, it's going to take a big rebuild to recover in those areas that were hit by that tragedy. Claire, the election, the first round of it was run on the 14th of May, and many experts said they thought there was a chance that at that point, Erdogan would be done. Yeah, it didn't happen though. So Erdogan did a lot better than many expected. Or if you want to look at the flip side of that, they said that the opposition did a lot worse than was imagined. Mm. Uh, Erdogan secured 49.25% of the vote. Now, In past elections, he's got more than 50% of the vote, meaning that he was president automatically, but he didn't cross that threshold in that first run. Uh, It was put back to the polls a fortnight later. And that vote was on the weekend, just gone the 28th of May, and it saw the top two vote getters contest the presidency in a runoff election. And the result in that vote was Erdogan with 52% and Kılıçdaroğlu on 48%. So that will see Erdogan enter his third decade of leadership in Turkey. And what some local commentators say is that it shows that the nation prefers a tough guy to a nice guy. Erdogan's critics, though, Claire, they say that given the relatively close result, Turkey is now a divided nation with a president who has no solution for the big problem of fixing the economy. Yeah, and it really is the economy that's such a big deal there for the reasons that we just talked about. But looking further afield, of course, there's big questions about what his win means for the West. It's complicated because of that relationship that Turkey has with Russia. Mm. Uh, And of course, Erdogan's personal relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin. 
The optimists say that Erdogan could be a key person in negotiating with Putin as the war continues into Europe's spring and summer. Yep, that's what the optimists say. (laughs) (laughs) And look, Europe certainly needs to work with Turkey uh, as well on another big issue, which is the movement of refugees from the Middle East to places like Syria. Uh, Turkey is a gateway between that very troubled region and the hopes of many for a better life in Europe. But uh, it's a lot for Turkey to manage. And if it allows people smugglers to send boats of asylum seekers and other migrants over the Mediterranean, it's a real problem. So there are many, many, many reasons to keep an eye on what's happening in Turkey under President Erdogan. And that is your shortcut to President Erdogan's election win in Turkey. Claire, our longer shortcut this week is on something completely different. It is on Wales. Yeah, a bit different to the high politics of what's happening (laughs) internationally. It's about the migration of Wales. Of course, that's happening at the moment, Um, the experts say, in record numbers. Uh, So Kate and I take a look at that. I cannot wait. Keep an eye out in your feed. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.